The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, the Nature Conservancy of Canada says it aims to raise $500 million to conserve more than 5,000 square kilometers of grasslands in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. We'll hear from Jeremy Hogan, their director of Prairie Grassland Conservation. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association is holding its 110th annual general meeting and convention. It's starting today. Uh, President of the Stock Growers, Garner Diabold, will tell us about it. The general manager at Sask Pork says it's always unfortunate to hear of a hog barn closing anywhere in Canada. Mark Ferguson will react to Olimel's recent closures of sow units in Quebec, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Meals from the Farm was back for the third year at six Saskatchewan elementary schools in Saskatoon, Regina, Yorkton, Lloydminster and Prince Albert last week. We'll hear from Clinton Monchuk, who is the Executive Director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Uh-huh. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. The Nature Conservancy of Canada says it aims to raise $500 million to conserve more than 5,000 square kilometers of grasslands in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Jeremy Hogan is their director of Prairie Grassland Conservation. Well, I think we're lucky as Canadians in the sense that we have a very large uh, section of the remaining grasslands in North America. It is across all three prairie provinces, uh, but it's significantly reduced from what it used to be. Uh, So it's a critical time now to step in and protect what's left, which is about 20% of the original extent. Grasslands are super important for things like water filtration and storage, so preventing drought and floods. They're a food security issue for Canadians, um, providing grazing land for livestock and things like that. And they're also a a major source of uh, carbon storage for the world. He outlines their plans for southwestern Saskatchewan. Yeah, so that's the Parker Conservation Project. Uh, it's going to be a, a fairly large, about 1,100 hectares, and it's right in the Cypress Hills area. So it's an area of higher elevation than much of the prairies, and it, it means that it's a really unique place in the sense that there's lots of plants and animals there that exist nowhere else in the world. So it's a, a really cool opportunity to protect those species that are only found there. Hogan tells us what kinds of animals are native to that area. There's lots of, it's, it's one of the densest cougar populations in the world, for example. Uh, there's lots of uh, grassland songbirds that only nest in that area, so things like Sprague's pipit. Also lots of large kind of migratory animals, such as pronghorn, which are the kind of antelope-like animals that roam the prairies. 
uh, as well as deer, elk, that kind of thing. He then explains their Prairie Grasslands Action Plan. Yeah, so we're very excited to be launching our Prairie Grassland Action Plan with the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Um, at present, even though we're already down to only about 20% of Canada's intact grasslands remaining, we're still losing close to 150,000 acres a year. And our intentions are to try and at least offset that amount by conserving what we can annually through 2030. And that'll lead to about 500,000 hectares of conservation by that time, which is an area about six times the size of Calgary. Hogan adds that they're not just focusing on southwestern Saskatchewan. Absolutely, yeah. We are fairly active all the way across the province. Uh, We work with anybody that has uh, high-value ecosystems on their properties if they're interested in working with us. Our particular focal areas in Saskatchewan include the Capella River Valley, the Cypress Uplands, which is where Parker is, as well as the Missouri Coteau. He tells us how this all ties in with World Environment Day today. I think it's a good time for Canadians to both celebrate uh, all that we have in Canada. We're a really blessed place in the sense that we have a lot of high value and really, truly incredible um, natural areas. But we also need to take a little bit of a time to pause and reflect on the fact that many of them, including grasslands, are continually threatened by conversion for human use. So I think it's, it's a good time for people to become aware of just how important these ecosystems are and just how threatened they can be despite the size of Canada. There are definitely um, issues with our remaining segments. And Hogan concludes with these comments. I would just say that it's, it's really important that all Canadians uh, consider just how important grasslands are for all of us. Even if you don't live and work there, they provide all kinds of services to humans beyond just providing habitat for plants and animals. Um, they make sure that we have safe water to drink. We don't have to worry about floods. They store carbon for us and mitigate some of the worst effects of climate change. And they are uh, the food basket for Canada and much of the world. I think that it's really important for us to recognize how special they are and how they are the unsung hero of the country that we should protect what's left. Jeremy Hogan is the director of Prairie Grassland Conservation with the Nature Conservancy of Canada. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Co-op Hail Insurance. Beef and Forage Report. Chicago Mercantile Exchange Live Cattle Futures extended their run of life-of-contract highs on Friday, supported by a jump in cash cattle prices last week, along with rising beef prices. Cattle futures rallied to keep pace with cash prices after market-ready cattle changed hands in Texas and Kansas last week as high as $180 per hundredweight, up to $9 higher than the previous week's trades. After Monday's holiday, meat packers had a short week in which to buy cattle for a full week of slaughter this week, a factor that may have supported cash prices. Some traders also noted heavy rains and flooding last week in the Texas panhandle that may have limited the number of cattle available from feedlots. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag-Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. 
DX94 Ag Review. Landowners in southeastern Saskatchewan are raising concerns about drainage projects they say are flooding people downstream and wrecking roads. Project documents show farmers in the Mooseman area have dug channels and ditches to move water out of wetlands and into a nearby creek. Downstream landowners say much of this drainage work was done without permits and has flooded fields, washed out roads and caused other issues. Some also say they are concerned with the loss of wetlands. They believe the Water Security Agency is not taking their concerns seriously. A watershed planner who worked on these drainage projects says the goal was to slow the water so people downstream aren't flooded. The Water Security Agency is working on a framework that is to allow drainage in Saskatchewan, but in a way that aims to mitigate flooding and retain some wetlands. Spring seeding has basically wrapped up in Alberta, but most of the province could now use a good rain. The latest weekly crop report on Friday pegged the seeding of all crops at 97% complete as of Tuesday. However, surface soil moisture is now rated 65% poor to fair, an increase of 18 points on the week, while the good to excellent rating dropped to 34% from 52% a week earlier. The Peace is the only region that had surface soil moisture rated above 50% good to excellent at 71%. Provincially, emergence is ahead of the five-year average at 76% for all crops. Emergence in the South, Central and Northeast regions are only slightly ahead of their five-year averages, whereas the Northwest and Peace region are 32 and 36 points ahead of their five-year averages, respectively. CNNC-PKC rails supplied to combine 98% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 43, an improvement from the previous week's 95% order fulfillment performance. On a combined basis, CN and CPKC have now supplied 94% or more of cars ordered in each of the last seven weeks. The improved performance reflects an improvement for CN and a modest decline in performance for CPKC. In supplying 98% of hopper cars ordered on time in week 43, CN's performance improved from the 92% posted in week 42 and remained above the 90% performance threshold for the 7th straight week and 11th time in the last 12 weeks. CPKC order fulfillment performance declined slightly, albeit with the railway supplying 98% of cars ordered, down slightly from the 99% order fulfillment performance seen the previous week. CPKC also remains above the 90% threshold for the 7th straight week and 10th time in the last 11 weeks. New research on Prince Edward Island shows that the use of fertilizers that slowly release nitrogen can dramatically reduce greenhouse gas emissions. David Burton with Dalhousie University Center for Sustainable Soil Management says the three-year studies show that using enhanced efficiency fertilizers reduce nitrous oxide emissions by up to 60% in some fields. He says nitrous oxide is a very important global warming gas and agriculture is among its primary sources. 
The studies were conducted as part of the Living Labs Initiative, a partnership between the federal and provincial governments, PEI farmers, private industry, and watershed groups. The U.S. is escalating its conflict with Mexico over agriculture biotech measures, including the stance on genetically modified corn by requesting dispute settlement consultations. The North American neighbours are inching closer to a full-blown trade dispute under the Canada-U.S.-Mexico Agreement on trade over Mexico's policies to limit the use of GM corn, which it imports from the U.S. If the consultations announced on Friday fail to resolve disagreements within 75 days, Washington can request a dispute settlement panel to decide the case. Asked if Canada would take similar action to the U.S., a spokesperson for the Trade Ministry said Canada is considering its next steps and would be guided by what is in the best interest of our farmers and the Canadian agriculture sector. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. And that's today's Ag Review. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return right after these messages. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Needs. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 29 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. The general manager at Sask Pork says it's always unfortunate to hear of a hog barn closing anywhere in Canada. Mark Ferguson was reacting to Olimel's recent closures of sow units in Quebec, Alberta and Saskatchewan. It's basically the result of extremely tight margins in the hog industry both today and and what's gone on over the past few years and you know from what what I understand these are temporary depopulations uh, just meant to be in effect until the industry returns to more profitable times so ultimately we uh, we think all these units will be eventually repopulated. Ferguson notes the industry has been dealing with tight feed supplies and high feed costs since the 2021 drought. He says lean hog futures have declined about 30% since March of this year. I'm sure this has led many operations to consider their future and prepare what looks to be a difficult uh, fall ahead. So Olimel is not alone in terms of the financial pressures they're facing. North American pork prices aren't strong right now. There's uh, an oversupply of pork globally, so Processors have tight margins and they're, they're putting downward pressure on hog prices as a result is basically the situation. While Ferguson hasn't reached out to any affected Olimel staff in Saskatchewan, he hopes they can bounce back. We do uh, have thoughts for sure with the affected workers. Something like this is never easy. However, I'm certain that the people involved will be able to find new roles in the industry, whether that's with Olimel or another company. We know the demand for workers in all of agriculture is extremely strong and it remains extremely strong with hog operations as well. Experienced stock people and, and managers are always in high demand. So I think there, there will be a place for anyone that's affected in the industry. Farm Credit Canada has responded by offering support for the hog sector in eastern Canada, including deferred payments for six months to one year. 
Ferguson says he's aware of that. I'm sure many customers, uh, hog producers, are already customers with farm credit, and uh, you know uh, they may be offering individual support to those farms already. Um, we would obviously be very interested in learning more about you know what this kind of support might look like in terms of you know the interest rates and how how that relationship would be uh, different or help beyond the you know a regular client uh, bank relationship. So I guess it's one of those things we're just going to stay tuned and hope to hear more on. Mark Ferguson is the general manager of Sask Pork. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for August closed at 173.27 today. That's up 37. October live cattle closed at 176.32, up 32. August feeder cattle closed at 242.60, up 70. September feeder cattle closed at 245.62, up 62. July lean hogs closed at 84.15, that's down 50. August lean hogs closed at 81.62, down 67. And that's the livestock market conditions. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association is holding its 110th annual general meeting and convention, which started in earnest today. President of the Stock Growers, Garner Diabald, believes it's a strong agenda. Some very good speakers and, and the presentations that they will be giving, it's quite varied. And I guess a couple of the highlights would be, first, we have uh, our Ministry of Agriculture, uh, the Honourable David Merritt, will be there to bring greetings from the government and give us a chance to visit with him. So that's always a, a good opportunity, I think, to uh, talk about what's going on on the government side of things. A couple of the presentations on the Monday, uh, Dr. Tammy Nemeth will be there uh, giving us a, a good presentation here, uh, talking about you know some of the changes that have come along on governance and just the, the changes from society and the pressures that are continue to have an influence on, on beef production and right across the livestock industry as well. And so she just does a really good job of explaining, um, you know, some of the things that we can look out for and, and maybe give us some tips on how to deal with some of those things. We also have uh, Dr. Melanie Morrison uh, from Better Cart Analytics. Uh, she's going to be there talking about uh, the, the pricing of ranch to retail, uh, you know, and the spread there of the pricing. And that's something that we've talked about here, you know, and, and not just recently, but it's been for many years. Uh, you know, there is such a widespread there. And a lot of times, uh, you know, there is money in, in the system. Uh, consumers are, are paying a, a high retail price for beef, but uh, much of that doesn't trickle back down to the primary producer. And so she does a good job of looking at that. Uh, a couple of others, uh, Dr. Greg Penner will be there uh, talking about forage-efficient cattle. Uh, that's something that we all uh, strive towards, and I think he does a really good job of that. Jody Griffin will be there. She is the uh, Livestock uh, Insurance Coordinator for SAS Crop Insurance. Uh, she'll be there talking about managing risk right now, and I think that's something that we need to be uh, you know, continually looking at. Day two, we've got uh, a number of speakers there uh, along with uh, the business of the association. Uh, but two of the highlights that day, uh, Jason Pollock, the CEO from Livestock Services of Saskatchewan, uh, he's been there to give us an update. And then also uh, Dr. Sam Wauer, tech services rep from Merck Animal Health, 
is going to be there talking about improving beef cattle heat detection on pasture and, and using some of the new technology there. So that, along with a, a really good trade show, I think we've got a, a great slate of speakers and, and the agenda is right full. There will be time to do some socializing and visiting with fellow producers and it's just a good opportunity, I think, to get together and, uh, you know, the timing is right here. And uh, we look forward to, uh, you know, I invite all the, all the producers like that and the industry stakeholders to join us in Moose Jaw uh, this coming uh, Monday and Tuesday. Diabold says this year's theme is weathering the storm. Right, and I think that's something that cattle producers in particular, uh, livestock producers uh, pretty much across the board, you know, face different challenges year after year and uh, you know it changes uh, you know throughout time but you know we've come through some very difficult times from drought to uh, you know low markets and I think that we're in a decent position right now uh, most people have had uh, a little bit better moisture wise things are a little bit better across the province we can't forget about the people that are still in in some drought areas but uh, generally, we are better off. Uh, water, the water situation is better, and, and right now, you know, there is green grass out there. Not that we don't need more rain, but, uh, you know, that's something that there is such a deficit. And we continue to, uh, you know, get through these challenges and, you know, look forward to the higher higher markets. Uh, but again, this year here, some of the challenges will be, you know, for some, it, the, the, the dry conditions continue. And and then also input costs are, are very high right now. You know, anything from fuel, transportation, feed costs have been very high. And, and so just weathering the storm and getting through that and, and you know, figuring out is something that we have to do and, and we, we are capable of doing. And it always helps if we can sit down and talk about some of these challenges and, and uh, you know, strategies to deal with them. And so this is just a good opportunity uh, at our AGM here to get together and, you know, we'll talk about some of those. Well, one other thing that I would mention that will be a hot topic coming up during the convention will be some of the regulatory changes that CFAA is proposing here on traceability. And so that is something that uh, we have the opportunity to comment on those changes up until uh, the middle of June. And, you know, those are things that that affect everybody in in the whole production chain. And so I think we're going to have some good discussion on on that as a challenge and, you know, maybe come up with some uh, suggestions, I guess, that we can put in on the comment period. And and so that's going to be part of the discussion during the conference. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association AGMN Convention runs today and tomorrow in Moose Jaw. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return in one minute's time. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Meals from the Farm was back for a third year at six Saskatchewan elementary schools in Yorkton, Regina, Saskatoon, Prince Albert, and Lloydminster. On Thursday, 1,800 kids learned about various aspects of food production, got a chance to talk to a chicken producer, and got to participate in an agriculture trivia contest. The lunch menu came entirely from Saskatchewan as well. Clinton Monchuk is the executive director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. This is the third year that we've been doing this, and it's kind of grown every year that we've done it. So we're really excited to support uh, elementary schools here in the province and, yeah, look forward to feeding kids and helping give a little bit more of a background to where their food comes from. He says it's very important to teach young children about how food gets on their table. 
I think back a couple generations ago, there was definitely more of that engagement between either grandparents or uh, parents, aunties, uncles with farming and primary production. And we've become very removed from the farm. So it's, it's extremely important today that school kids have the ability to at least understand a little bit more where their food is coming from and at least know the options and and the availability to talk to different farmers or find the information again whether it's students or the teachers who are teaching health or science to make sure they do understand where their food is coming from. Monchuk says many school kids have never even been on a farm. Exactly and and if you look at it so in Saskatoon there's the Mayfair and and Caswell Community Schools These are schools that are really kind of in the center of of the community of Saskatoon, and there's not a lot of opportunities for some of these kids to actually have an interaction with somebody who actually grows food or learn about some of these different practices that are going on on modern farms. So it really is a great opportunity to engage with students. He says they do a lot of fun things to get the kids involved. Exactly. So we partner with Agriculture in the Classroom Saskatchewan, and they provide us different quiz kind of trivia things that we can do with respect to uh, kids trying to learn more about food. So there's quizzes, there's games, there's a little bit of a game show that we're going to be doing at the Mayfair Community School. All of them have prizes and, and added this year we have a little bit of a take-home exercise that students can do with their families and again some prizes for the families who take part. Monchuk explains how the producer organizations get involved. A lot of our members and sponsors with Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan, so our big sponsors are, are the uh, egg and chicken farmers of Saskatchewan. Really, a, a lot of the commodity groups are already involved with this, and there's a variety of them. Some of the agribusinesses uh, like Cargill are a part of this as well. We encourage all the commodity groups to either support and sponsor events like this or just be involved in their own way in making sure that consumers here in this province know more about their food. And he tells us what the kids ate. We're really lucky we get to to partner with the uh, local Tim Hortons uh, restaurants in each of these different centres. So they'll be getting a sausage, egg and cheese sandwich along with a carton of milk. And then in their grab bags there's going to be great oat products. There's a granola bar, there's beef jerky, there's some pulse snacks. Really, we're we're trying to hit as many commodities as we can with this and make sure that people understand that these food products that they're eating, they're grown right here in Saskatchewan. That's Clinton Monchuk, the Executive Director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. Dr. Brass School in Yorkton took part in Thursday's event. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down across the board today. July canola closed at 6.5510, down $2.90. November canola closed at 6.3110, down $6.50. July Minneapolis wheat is still trading. It's at 8.20 and a quarter, up 12 and a half cents. July Kansas City wheat closed at 8.22 and a quarter, up Ten cents. July Chicago wheat closed at six twenty-four per bushel, up five cents. July corn closed at five ninety-seven and a half, down eleven and a half cents. July soybeans closed at thirteen fifty per bushel, down two and a half cents. 
July oats closed at 3.43 per bushel, up five and a half cents. And that's the commodities update. To GX on Agriculture, I'm Doug Falconer. The federal government is giving farmers and ranchers the opportunity to make their operations cleaner and greener. The Agricultural Clean Technology Program is now accepting applications. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau says it will provide non-repayable grants between $25,000 and $2 million so producers can buy equipment that reduces greenhouse gas emissions or provides other environmental benefits. Well, it's uh, almost a $500 million program over seven years, and uh, I don't have the exact amount for this year, but I can tell you that as of now, we have already announced uh, 249 projects for a total of almost $100 million. So we still have $400 million left for the coming five years. She outlines what kind of equipment can be purchased with this funding. Well, I can give you the example of uh, Geert's farm in uh, Kamsak. It was a $2 million uh, investment or contribution from the Canadian government to uh, install a new grain dryer and biomass boiler. So it could be uh, from grain dryer to uh, poultry barn heating, uh, precision agriculture, biodigesters. So any equipment like this that will help reduce DHT uh, emissions. Bebo would like to see more producers take advantage of this program. Well, I think it's a great opportunity to, well, first uh, have a, uh, an agriculture that is more effective, more sustainable, uh, and that you can reduce your costs in different ways, reduce your energy costs, reduce your input or, you know, the purchase of uh, a fertilizer, for example, cost eventually. So it's uh, being in the field myself, you know, all across the country, meeting with farmers, I can tell you that they are really committed to finding the best ways of adopting the new practices, to being able to afford the new technology so they can have in agriculture that it's not only more sustainable but also more resilient because we all know farmers are the first one to be impacted by these extreme climate events. We have fires right now, we have droughts, so it's it's important uh, for our farmers and ranchers to to have, you know, uh, an agriculture that is more resilient to this new reality that we are facing. She says it will reduce greenhouse gas emissions by up to 0.8 megatons each year. Well, I think uh, every initiative that we put in place, the adoption of these new technologies, good practices through our own Farm Climate Action Fund as well, uh, all the money that we are investing through the sustainable CAP, the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnerships with the provinces, it's all these measures that are making us uh, more resilient and making sure that we have an agriculture that is sustainable, that we are reducing our emissions and you know, trying to, to fight against these uh, climate uh, events. And Bibo says every little bit helps. Yes, and it's more than a little bit, but it's it's significant. And I think, you know, this is kind of a first step. So by providing these subsidies, uh, allowing farmers to be able to afford these new technologies, and, and there's also one part of the program uh, that is going toward research and innovation. So we are working on both sides, developing these new technologies 
making farmers and ranchers the means to afford it. So it will create the demand and it will stimulate the development of these technologies and it will increase neighbors to get into this movement. And this is how it will uh, increase even more uh, our emission reduction. The deadline to apply is June 22nd, and more information can be found at agriculturecanada.ca. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions, a heat warning is in effect. For today, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of isolated showers and thunderstorms. Winds south-southeast at 15 to 25, a high of 31 with a humidex of 36. For tonight, partly cloudy. Winds south-southeast at 10 to 20 and a low of 18. For tomorrow, partly sunny. Winds southwest at 15 to 25, a high of 30, an overnight low of 17. For Wednesday, partly sunny, with a 50% chance of late-day showers and thunderstorms. Winds south-southwest at 15 to 25, and a high of 30. For Thursday, mainly sunny, a high of 29. Friday, sunny, a high of 25. In the Paw, Swan River, and Dauphin, it's 30 degrees. Brandon, 31. Show Lake Russell and Roblin, 28. Regina, Broadview, Mooseman, and Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, all reporting in at 29. Saskatoon, 31. Hudson Bay and Indian Head, 30. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, a south-southeast wind at 21 kilometers an hour. 49% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 29 degrees, but with the humidex it feels more like 34 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles.